Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Change Room with Rod and Leslie. As you know, if you're a longtime listener, in this podcast, we like to take big, giant, meaty topics and break them down into tiny little bite-sized chunks, all in an effort to help all of you, as well as ourselves, get through change. We both love change. We're fascinated by it. We love to study it. We do it professionally. We do it in our personal lives. And to that end, for this week's topic, we thought we would talk a little bit about the tools and tactics that we use professionally as uh, people in change management in our personal lives, how they work, when they work, maybe a little bit of when they don't work. Um, But yeah, just to see if we can help you help the people in your lives get through change a little bit as well. Rod, what do you want to add into the mix? This in in, uh, this discussion is going to be the opposite of that expression of like, you know, the shoemakers kids have the terrible shoes or whatever, the cobblers. Yes. This is a little bit the opposite. This is like, the change management people's lives do actually apply somewhat of the our knowledge and um and it's and it's it comes out intuitively i find so this yes. is perhaps discussion on what intuition we bring to our our daily lives yeah, I was having a hard time. I, I think you're so spot on about the intuitive side of this, Rod, because as I was thinking about the topic and I was sort of thinking about examples, I was. it really struck me how much I just kind of do this without thinking too much about it. So it's mm-hmm. been interesting for me to turn it from like a just a, a, a reaction in my gut and how I behave to sort of the intellectual process and the intellectual thinking behind it. Mm-hmm. So here, this is a very different way of thinking about it, for sure. Yeah. And now in the context of our discussion last week, where we were recognizing that there's not much change that does occur. So we're going to have to like, go back in time and remember (laughs) changes that we tried to do. (laughs) Or maybe like in the early times, in the early days of COVID, when we were all trying to like navigate and figure out how we... Um, you know, work from home and work around others and everybody using the Wi-Fi and and all of the negotiating that happened around that. Yeah. Maybe that's a way to do it too. <laughs> but right. yeah, I agree. It's more in the before times because yeah. in the last year, ugh. Yeah. I'm still itching for change. I'm not going to lie. We'll throw back <laughs> to last week's episode if you haven't listened to it. I'm so itching for change. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Okay, so, so where do where should we start? Do you want to start with a story or do you want me to start with a story? Um, you start. Okay. So <laughs> I had to go like way I I actually in thinking about this, I had one of my favorite memories about my mom. So I've been in change management. So you know, you know my mom passed away 3 years ago, but I mean, I have such great silly fun memories of her. And I was in change management for a long long time and you know, I would when we would be talking about a change and all the things, I would slowly ease her into it. And I would ask her a lot of questions about how she was feeling. And I would, you know, try to, with my mom, she was one of those people that um, things went a lot better if it was her idea. And so (laughs) I would kind of plant little bread crumbs along the way for her to find and be like, hey, you know what, Leslie, and I think we should da 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 da. And I would be like, oh, mom, what an excellent idea. But so I, you know, there are tons of times when I would try to help her through change and she wouldn't even know that it was happening. 
But I think my favorite stories was when she finally figured out what I was doing. And she would say to me, Leslie Ann, don't bloody change management me. I don't want to be change managemented. <laughs> and it would just, it would just kill me. So I think like, you know, definitely there are some tools we can use, right? Like yeah. we can understand the stakeholder and understand what they need and understand their approach to change and da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. But in one's personal life, it can go too far as it did with my mother at times. That's and when right. she figured what I, out what I was doing, ooh, was I in trouble. What, she, <laughs> what, you, did she feel like she was being manipulated with, with your change management she did. stuff? She did. She felt like I was totally trying to manipulate her when she figured it out. And we should probably talk about the the dark side of right. change management this at some it. point as well. Yeah, it's like the ethics of it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally, totally, totally. Yeah. But I want to hear one of your stories first, yeah. and then we'll get to the dark side. <laughs> you know, uh, what comes to mind is much... So, it, it's as much like when we're saying change, but really it's like you're introducing an idea that you want a person to adopt, like to, to do. Right. Right. And right. the few example, well, one, um, like my son, who's uh, almost 19, um, I've encouraged him in a couple of years to, to travel independently, sort of visit relatives mm-hmm. abroad. And, um, um, and my wife is usually like, no, that's you know bad idea. I don't want him to do this alone. And so it's <laughs> it's the it actually it's it's like what you said. It's the slow introduction of the idea, in in a way that is not saying this is it. This is what we're doing. Right. You right, got to figure it out. Right. It's like hey, here's this idea. What do you think about that? And it's getting having a discussion around it, getting the feedback, listening to what the you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, resistance to it and yeah and kind of going through it i would say i would say systematically it's like basically acknowledge you know recognizing that the point of view or the concerns are all valid and uh wanting to see if we can address them and i guess the other thing i do I think, is i i don't yeah as i'm down. open to being like okay well maybe we won't do this if it doesn't work let's see the problem. right yeah right i was just gonna say that i was gonna say sometimes I, I think when something is our own idea, we think it's so awesome. We put it out in the universe. And if someone says, well, no, you take it really personally and you can start argumenting. Are, are, are argumenting? Sure. Why not? It's Sunday morning. <laughs> Arguing or starting an argument? Something in there. You're doing something around that where, you know, you're introducing conflict into a system when really the person is just going to take some time to get used to the idea. Yeah. So I also never take that initial like, I don't want to do that as a final answer. I right. know that for most of the people in my life, they need to ruinate a little bit, just as I do. If someone had, unless it's like a super fun idea, and then I'm like, yay, I'm in. <laughs> um, but, and right now I'd probably say, yay, I'm in to just about anything. Yeah. Refer back to last week's podcast. But in the before times, you know, you would say yes to the things that you thought would be really fun. And other than that, you're kind of like, meh, I'll think about it. Yeah. And so not getting to frustrated or upset if the people in response to your ideas do that letting yeah. them ruminate let giving them some time yeah um 
And, you know, you don't have to get into an argument about it. See, I said it right that time. Look at me. Yay, <laughs> brain's working. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it doesn't have to be a big thing right right out of the gate, right? Yeah, it takes yeah. time for people to adapt to new th- thoughts and new ways of doing things. Right. That's just human nature. Right. Okay, so let's break this down then. The the intuition that we're doing here, that the, it's the you accept the person's going to react in a way that potentially is against the idea but you accept it you allow it to come right. you take it in honestly without getting into the that reaction argument what you do know? you mean yeah, right. Yeah. right 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 yeah, right right yeah. yes and then work yeah. through it yeah okay so and then just sort of like whisper about it every now and again like not in a super <laughs> rah, rah, rah kind of way but hey have you given any more thought to the idea of da 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 um yeah so i guess is it recognition that i the because i do the exact same thing and it's i think would you say is, is it is it that we we know just because the person might have poo-pooed on the idea initially doesn't mean that it's over like we know that that right. actually is the process the person has got to work through Right. Yeah. Right. Now, sometimes it they are done with it and you know, like it's a hard no. And yeah. then, of course, like that's a different game altogether. But here we're talking about if you know that someone's initial react into, reaction to most change is yeah. a little bit like, ew, uh, letting that person have some time to come around to it yeah. is, uh, is, is a much easier and happier way to go through life right. rather than getting into that, yeah. you know, that argument right off the bat, for yeah. sure, for yeah, sure, yeah. for sure. So I think then there, what, what are we doing? We're um, the respect for stakeholder. We use the word stakeholders, but yeah. it's respect for the people that are involved in the change and to accept what they have to say about it and um, answer question, their questions and address their issues. Yeah. And, yeah. and that their ideas might make your idea better. Like yeah. also being open to the idea that your initial idea may have looked like a box, but actually if we right. do it as a circle, it's going to be way, way better. And so allowing that melding, I think of ideas as well is, is super important. And we try to do that as much as we can in our professional yeah. change management as well, right? Like right. you launch a new process or a new way of doing things and it's not necessarily a 100% fit for the people who are doing it. And so you allow the users to sort of influence how that process works or runs over time. Yeah. Especially if we know that it's gone out and it's not like 100% the way it needs to be for that community. You, right. you allow people to tinker and to make it better over time. Yeah. And th- that's what this is. Yeah. You know, that's, I think that, that, that sort of work application to one's personal life. Yeah. Now earlier you said, when you first did your story, you said like uh, something about having the other person feel like it's their idea. Did you say that? Mm-hmm. Or, I did say that. Oh, so yeah. you're saying you do that's yeah. that's a work uh, thing as well? Is like you'll sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. What's it to you, Rod? What's it to you? If anyone from work is listening, no, I never do that. Obviously, that would be wrong. Yeah. But sure, I mean, like I think, I think when you're in change management, you have to accept that sometimes. Like you're, you're, you often aren't going to get credit in giant quotation marks for big ideas. Yeah. It often is the planting of seeds and the 
pointing in different directions that allows the thing to come fully to fruition. But I know where you're going, yeah. Rod. No, and I'm I, starting to sweat. I know where I mean, you're no, going. Don't, like, um, I, I said it in a way that it made it sound bad. No, I'm, I'll double down there. I'll, like, that's actually, I think if we were to have a panel of change folks, they would pro- say all the same things. Like, that is kind of fundamentally, yeah. um, for people to buy in, it's, you know, one way buy-in is like, I'm going to convince you and then you'll you'll recognize that it's because I convinced you and that's just right. because I'm so awesome and convincing right. that you adopt right. it. Right, right. Or what the, the best way is like, I bring you along and then by the end, you feel as connected to the idea as anybody else. So you don't, right. to do that, you, you have to, of course, feel ownership to it. So you don't, yeah, you might. So I know, fan, whatever, complicated way of saying what, beginning it's like we're working through things and the person is going to feel like they uh own that whatever the idea is or change and yeah they're so and sometimes that's how you know you've done your job yeah, totally. <laughs> right like if the other person is saying oh i think we should x y and z and you've been quietly whispering about x y and z for a while that's when you can go hey man this is awesome like this is this this worked that's right hooray we've got people to adopt the new thing and that's the other thing too i think in our personal lives is not being so worried about where ideas come from Mm. or whatever it's just are it's you know what it is rod it's the it's the am i more committed to being right or am i more committed to being happy Mm. and for a lot of my life i wanted to be right Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i was never happy because i wanted the credit and i wanted the you know i wanted people to say oh that started with leslie and me da 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 and uh and now i would choose happy all day long like all day long and right is like who cares about who's right as yeah. long as we're doing something that's productive and great and that we I believe in and that yeah. aligns to values and all those things. Yeah. You know, yeah. right is a, you know, right is a, that's over there on the side. I just, I just want to be happy, yeah. <laughs> but it took me a long time to get there. Please don't anybody think that I hatched yeah. with that great idea. Cause I did not, it took me a long time to, to work that one out. Yeah. But I think that is a big part of change as well is, is the, you know, it's, it's what is going to be the most, because you never get a perfect solution. It's mm. impossible. So what's the best solution in this moment for this audience? Mm-hmm. That, like, that's the way, that's the way I try to think about it at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, uh, one other example I've given in my real life is I, at times, try to, coach my kids because they want to do something and it's the the classic is like hey i want to do whatever and then they tell us about it and and we ask questions and instantly it's like meltdown what you don't want to say yes you're saying no you always say no to everything (laughs) and i'm like listen (laughs) yeah no you have to take in what we're saying help answer these questions bring us along the journey and i'm like this is what you need to do to me to like work with me on this. <laughs> and then I will come along with you. You're hatching little change management people, little it, hatchling change management people. That's awesome. Though it's hopeless. I don't know. I, I think at some point they'll look back and, and be like, Oh yeah, I learned that from my parents. But right now, no, it doesn't, 
they don't learn it in the moment. Well, their prefrontal cortexes aren't fully formed yet. You can't, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, you can't expect that from people who don't yet have a fully formed prefrontal cortex. That's not well, that's fair. So now, what I know, if- right? I'm super smart. I'm <laughs> all my brain talk today. I can't say words right, but I know what the prefrontal cortex is. <laughs> So what about your your when your mom realized that? Wait a second here, you're manipulating. You're doing your change <laughs> management stuff. There, I mean, there's the the question of uh, has that ever come up? Of um, uh, like, wait, yeah. you're manipulating me in this situation. Totally. I was teaching. I used to teach uh, where I work. I used to teach courses in change management and. Uh, and I was so I was teaching it, and it was a bunch of project management people in the room, and uh, and da 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 talking about it. And and one of them sat across their arms in front of their chest. Which, if you ever do facilitation, you know that like that is the universal signal of I do not like what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Not if someone sits with their arms crossed, but if someone moves to that position. Yeah. And they said, "Well, aren't you just manipulating people? Like, isn't this just?" manipulation and I was like big giant gulp in my stomach but yeah do you want to know how I answered yeah how did you answer of course I do so here's what I said at its dark and I had to say this on my beat because I'd never thought I'd never seen change management in that way before to me I've always seen it as you're helping people through change Mm -hmm. but as soon as this person said that I was like oh my goodness I can see why people might think that so I think at its if you See, you know, there's a light and a dark to everything. And if you see it at its darkest, without good intent, absolutely, it can be seen as manipulation, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. But I think this is one of those instances where intention is extremely, extremely important. So mm-hmm. if your intent is to help people and see them through change and maybe see things a little bit differently and try something new and, you know, growth mindset, da 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 all that mm-hmm. juicy stuff that we've talked about before, then I think change management is actually awesome and amazing and can help people and really contribute to their lives. Yeah. But definitely, if one has a darker intention and all one wants is one's own way and sort of, again, back to that right, Mm -hmm. if you want to be right, and so you're getting other people through your your sort of Machiavellian machinations Mm -hmm. to to come to your side, then definitely, I think, change management can be seen that way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, uh, like, intent is so, in everything we do, intent is so, so, so important. Yeah. Yeah, the the um, you've heard of behavioral economics when and nudge theory. Yes, that's the and, and it's been out for a while. Um, there was a book I'm, I can't remember what it's called. All I remember is that I think there's an elephant on the cover, and I think it's. Uh, anyways, it has nudge in the title. But point is, in the book they talk about the ethics of that sci- like using that. Uh, science because based the mm. the nudges work at a even a like a non-conscious level it's like be, how right. how things are presented uh influence uh what you do with that uh and so you have to the point is is like treat it uh treat that knowledge with the awareness that you don't want to manipulate people into doing things that are not good for themselves or good for them or yeah. or others and then that 
always comes back to, well, who gets to decide what's good for somebody? Right? Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. The classic example that they use all the super most powerful nudge ever is make things a default. So here's, here's the um, example. One is if you, if you work at a company and have a pension plan, there was a, a whole period of time where it was like, oh, we want people to make their own financial decisions. So the default is you don't sign up for it because we're allowing people to make their own financial decisions. Wow. But the result was that the percentage of people who signed up for their pension plan, which was ultimately way better to have signed up, was super low. Right. So they made it a default. More people have it and they're in a better position later on. Now, flip to a different kind of default. You know, like when you're clicking on to a site and it's and it says, uh, you know, um, you make this came up. I read an article about it, like a donation to a political campaign. You think right. you're making a one time donation, but somewhere down the page, there's a default check to say, make this recurring, make this like a <gasps> week. And um, of course, you know, that that's manipulating in the other way is. Uh, the person wasn't intending to have that. It, wow. it goes for it. So I have never heard of either of those two examples. And that makes me very sad. Yeah. So I think that's different from change management. Don't you? But like, I, I but like it, it, it is the darker side, right? It is, it is in that theme of manipulation. And I suppose change management could be used in that way. Yeah. Well, like mm. in the, in the sense of it. So change is about um, how to have something adopted. And if you're right. if you're like, hey, we really want to have people donate monthly to our political campaign because that's what we're trying to get people to do. Right. And right. well, right. the best way right. to do that is not by convincing them; it's just by making it the default option. So, anyhow, that like that's the ethics of the scenario: is that if we are um, using techniques to get people to adopt something that ultimately is not in their best interest. Um, oh. But. Um, That's the dark side for sure, Rod. Yeah. But don't you think if someone says that, to, it's like um, help, holding uh, us change managers to a, a higher standard that other, like if you'd step back, I mean, hasn't marketing been doing this for decades well that's what i thought totally like i think marketing is uh is the prime and i mean you and i've chatted about this before both of us have a thing for watching commercials and imagining the pitch like yeah. what happened some of the like really where you watch a commercial and you think oh that's so cringeworthy yeah and then imagining how the company got to yes on that idea um but like so i think there is a definite buyer beware of all marketing yeah. i am probably like a marketer's dream like i you know i i have like a baubles and trinkets problem um so <laughs> you know but i but i i do think that really being aware of what is really being marketed to you and what it looks like yeah. i would say one of the i mean one of the cool things that i've been seeing lately is a lot more um black indigenous and peoples of color uh, in commercials. And now, like, I don't know if you're noticing that too. I think that's such a positive change, but what's sad about it is how noticeable it is Yeah. now that it's happening, how literally whitewashed, um, commercials have been for and adverts have been for so, so long Yeah. because now when you see different people in ads, it's like, wow, good job company X. 
Um, but yeah. also it's about time. Yeah. You know, and so that's the, like that, when you were talking about that sort of, um, that default, I was actually thinking about it, that in the context of, you know, you mostly see white people in advertising. You mostly mm-hmm. see uh, heterosexual couples in advertising. You mostly like, which to me sort of says the sets the default of society of like this is what it is to be okay. Like yeah. this is what normal looks like, and everything else is outside of that. And I think that that's just as, you know, how do we how do we get better at that yeah. i don't know the answer to that one but that's that's honestly the what you when you were talking about the default that's where my brain first went yeah. is sort of the defaults that we have in society that have these undercurrent implications that we're just not all oh yeah. we're not all fully aware of yet oh, for yeah. sure okay i'm gonna taking this on a tangent but building on what you just said there so do you know um netflix there's a series called i think it's called bridgerton have you are you yes. aware of this have you Obviously. seen it? Okay. So, oh, yeah. Sorry. Yes. So, <laughs> yes. So when I uh, uh, saw that, of course, it has uh, like um, black characters in. So it's like 200 years ago. In England. like high society, 18th yeah. century, whatever. Right. right? Yeah. So when yeah, I yeah. saw the first episode or two, I was a little bit like on it. Just here's my honest reaction. I was like, well. I mean, I I like watching old uh, period pieces because I like to imagine what it was really like. And then here they've introduced black um, characters as dukes or the queen or I'm like, well, that wasn't the case because, of course, every, you know, all royalty in England was white. Um, So for the first episode, I was like, well, does this feel authentic? And then quickly in the second episode and third, I completely stopped thinking about that and it got into the show and then by the later on i realized the shift that was occurring in me is i was now able to picture right. black people in those high positions of power and i honestly that show is so and i mean i, I think it's the most grossing show of all time for yeah. netflix and many, maybe any other streaming service like i th- they did such a good job breaking yeah. down those barriers. Sorry, I think I cut you off. Finish no, what yeah. you were going to say. I just got all excited. Right, but that's the the the. Uh, this is kind of what you're saying before. Is we recognize like of all the stuff that we're this is, I don't know at all if this is the change that they're trying to do by um, bringing diversity into the characters that we watch. But I'd never been aware of how these shows that we watch which are period pieces about the history essentially just they reinforce our stereotypes of who are in leadership yeah. i was by by doing this it shifted my understanding and and perception of it it's like that default you this is why i thought of this when you were talking about it. it's like that that default of what we just accept as possible and normal and uh right and so yeah like that nobody they didn't say hey we're doing this show and this is our we're purposely trying to do this, this. is our outlook and yeah. we're gonna right 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 i loved as well that it's a woman who's in power if you think about the person i can't remember the name but the mm. person who writes all the letters or whatever uh that it's clearly a woman yeah. and how much power that woman's voice holds as well i just i found that show so well done on yeah. and maybe that's the modern maybe that's the modern take on change rod is that 
it gets introduced in these ways that are, it's the edutainment that you and I have talked about before, but in a way that's educational and also entertaining and you leave with your mind changed. But that would be a case, I think, where it's for the best, like where that is for the, for good, right? Where you can see different shapes, sizes, types of people in different positions. um, Yeah of power and you know it's uh, yeah i thought that was really well done yeah yeah that's a great example i think of where people could see it as oh they're trying to make money by doing that and maybe that is a dark side but the reality is it the message is so profound yeah and and positively impacted so many people right um if that's what that manipulation looks like i'm kind of okay with it yeah you know no one likes to think of themselves being manipulated but if that's the if that's the outcome and i start to think about the world differently and in a more positive what to me feels like a more positive way Mm -hmm. i'm in yeah i'm a big yes please yeah yeah. sign me up for that totally and i and i think to to bring back to our uh critique of marketing a, a moment ago um, I think to be fair, it's uh, we accept like advertise. We accept that people are trying to get it to buy stuff, and so that there's a little yeah. like so it's it's kind of the understood bargain of yeah they're trying to get right. me to buy the stuff, and if I buy more, well, you know, did they do a good job of convincing me? Okay, it's the um, as change managers or as in our own lives, it's it's we're doing this, but there's a, it's understood that um, like it's a fair playing field and people maybe don't recognize that approaches to how uh, you take to convince them of something. If you're doing it, if you just do it really well because you're basing it off of your uh, professional experience, it's, it's that like, Hey, wait a second. I didn't realize that you were doing that to me Uh, or you were leveraging your super knowledge to convince me of something. But I, and I think the other magic to this is as long as we're going to share it too, right? Like there's something about this kind these ideas and this thinking being kept to oneself that I think is a little bit dark as well. But, you know, when we share how to help people through change and when we share how to eat, whether it's in your family or in your professional life, when you start sharing these skills with people, I think that that's, you know, I mean, that's a big part of what you and I are trying to do on this podcast yeah, is exactly. how do we help people through change? Um that's right. And so why not take what we've learned professionally and, and apply it into our personal lives as well? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we just do by default. It's it's like as we started, it's, it just comes out in the intuition of how to approach something. Right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a good juicy topic, yeah. Rod. We even actually got to talk about like change management today, which is fun. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Because we could geek out about that forever, I think. That's right. (laughs) Well, thanks for listening, everybody. If you haven't yet, if you wouldn't mind going and giving us a five-star rating on our podcast, it helps other people find it. It makes our hearts happy. Um, Yeah, if you haven't done that before, we'd really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Yes, please do. Thanks, Rod. Thanks, Leslie. Bye. Bye, everybody.